0: Hey, everybody, we're so glad you joined us uh, here at Elevation Church. We are continuing a series today called The Slow Lane. Uh, for some of you, you've probably are like, wow, they've been in the slow lane a long time. But, you know, one of the things my wife and I were talking about is how important it is that we stay in the slow lane, but how everything in our culture right now has shifted. It's like it used to be that everybody was in the fast lane and we were trying to get people to slow down. And so now you're in a situation where everybody seems to be in a slower pace of life. And we were asking the question is like, is this series still relevant? And the thing we came to is that even though everybody is in the slow lane in some ways, uh, that that learning to slow down, even when you're in the slow lane, can be a real challenge. And I know that many of you are sitting at home today, you're, you're in situations where you're feeling isolated and maybe even lonely, and, and you're trying to figure out that now that you're forced into this slow lane, what is it that I'm supposed to do with it? And so today I'm going to be talking a little bit more about our God and, and who He is and, and reminding us again of how uh, faithful He is. And so I've got some things I want to share with you. Over the last few weeks I've been talking about the fact that Jesus was never in a hurry. I don't know if you've ever read the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but He was never in a hurry. And, and, and so one of the things we have to remember is that while we, while we are slowing down, There are some intentional things that we've got to do to make the most of this time. And one of the things I want to share with you, which is the kind of the idea, the big idea that we've been sharing the last few weeks, it's this idea. If we're going to live in the slow lane, matter of fact, if we're going to make the most of the slow lane right now, we must be reminded of who God is, what he's done, and the promises that he's made to you and to me. And so let's keep that in mind today as we move forward. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that we must fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let us never forget that we have to fix our eyes on him. And so when you're in the slow lane, when you're slowed down at your house, it's so important that you begin to fix your eyes on Jesus because that's how you're going to thrive through this virus. That's how you're going to thrive through this difficult time, is that you get your eyes on the one that can help you. And so let's make sure that we keep that in focus. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen these contraptions. Uh, they are called noise-canceling headphones. You, you may even have some. Let me, let me show you how they work real quick. So I can't even hear. I can't even hear anything in here. It's just like I can't hear anything. You know, the nice thing about these is uh, I've I've discovered that at my house, I don't know, I have three kids. I don't know how many kids you have, but I have found that when I put these on, I can't, hear my kids. I don't know if you've ever wondered if there was a way to not hear your children. Don't tell them, okay? And so kids, if you're watching, just forget what I'm saying. But these noise-canceling headphones are brilliant. Uh, When I go to do my devotions or when I need just a little space or a little time, I'll throw these headphones on. And the reason I do is to drown out the noise, there's so much noise around us. There's so, much, so many things that are competing for God's voice. And so when I throw these on, I can, I can just be quiet. I can be still. And even I can't even hear my kid's voice. I can't even hear the cartoons that are playing in the background. And, and what I want to encourage you to do today is that you would put on some noise-canceling headphones in your life as you begin to focus your eyes on Jesus Tune the noise out so that you might be able to hear from God again and be reminded of the truth of who he is, what he's about, and the promises that he's made. And so I just want to do a quick recap for you uh, because it's so important that we see who our God is. And over the last two weeks, I've shared nine of these with you. And so I'm just going to run through them really quick. God is infinite. That means he's self-existing and without origin. Uh, God is immutable. He never changes. He is self-sufficient. In other words, he has no needs. He's omnipotent, which means he's all powerful. God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. He he knows the future. Uh, Number six is that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's always everywhere. Wherever I am, he's there. Come on, that's good news for us today. Listen to this. God is wise. He, he, he is perfect and unchanging in wisdom. He is faithful. And, and, and ultimately, listen to this, He's good. The Bible says, taste and see that, it, that the Lord is good. And you have to remember today that all of these things are true about the God that you worship. And I want to add to those today. And so I've got a couple of more that I want to add today to help us put the noise cancelers on to help us see God better, to help us to know who he is, what he's done, and the promises that he's made. And so number 10, number 10 today is that God is just. He is infinitely and unchangeably right and perfect in all that he does. How amazing is that? Listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4 says. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong how just and upright he is. Listen to this. Everything that God does is just. Everything. And so when we begin to question the justice of God and whether or not God is just, remember today that the scripture has told you that he is. Now, I know that in a situation like we're in, as we are dealing with this virus and the things that are happening in our economy, sometimes we begin to ask the question, is God just? Is he really just? Can he be trusted? And the thing I want to say to you today, that God's justice is not contingent on my circumstance. His justice is always true and right. He can be nothing other than true and right. Listen to this in Romans. For those of you that are struggling today, Romans eight twenty eight. Perhaps you know this verse, but, but listen to this. And we know that God causes, he causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Did you catch it? that God causes things. God is in the determining business and the thing he has caused is that everything, even the bad, even the, the middle of the road, even the good, all of it is caused by God to work together for the good of you and me. Can you believe that? It's so important you see this and so I just wanna ask you today, how has God been faithful and good and true to you today? How has he worked in your life? Where is he bringing good out of the difficulty? Here's another one that I want to share with you. God is merciful. God is merciful. I, I needed to hear that today. I needed to hear that God was merciful. He is infinitely and unchangeably compassionate and kind that may not be the God you know today, but I'm here to tell you that he is compassionate. He is kind. He is uh, long suffering. He, he loves us so much. He, he is for us, not against us, but he's merciful. Listen to this in Romans nine fifteen through 16. I will show mercy to anyone I choose. In other words, he has the power to do it. And I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. That's what the scripture says. God is a God of mercy. Listen to the way A.W. Tozer wrote this and I've been encouraging you to read Tozer. And so pick up some books by him and and really dive in. He will encourage you. Listen to this, as judgment is God's justice confronting moral iniquity. Man, that's, that's some big words. So mercy is the goodness of God confronting human suffering and guilt. Did you see that? That God's mercy is is associated with human suffering and guilt. Where there is no guilt in the world, no pain and no tears, God would yet be infinitely merciful. But his mercy might well be hidden in his heart, unknown to the created universe. And so this is the key point. No voice would be raised to celebrate the mercy of which none felt the need. It is human misery and sin that calls forth the divine mercy of God. Wow. Think about that. It's the fact that there is misery, there's suffering, there's sin, that God's mercy is able to shine. And so in our world today, don't forget that God's mercy is shining all the more when suffering is occurring in our world. We just got to see it. We just got to look and see it. And, you know, today, as I was walking out of my house, I was reminded again of Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Perhaps you know it, but I want to read it to you. Listen to this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Come on. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Look at that. Great is his faithfulness. You've probably sang the song. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh, each morning. And so when I walked out of my house this morning, his mercies were new. And you know, I I love, I love it when the Lord shows up in space and time and, and, and speaks to me and shows me something. And I'm literally walking out the door and I look to my right and right there in my flower bed is a tulip standing straight and strong. Look at, look at this picture. Look at it. Just standing there straight and straight. It's almost like the tulip stood up to sing the praises of God stood up just to champion the the glory and the mercy of God. And I was so encouraged by that because spring has sprung. Even in the middle of this difficult time, even in the barren lands, even in the middle of viruses, spring has sprung and God's mercies are new today. And so wherever you are today, just know you may be going through the hardest days of your life, but the mercies of God are new every day. We have to remember that today. We have to remember. And so wherever you are today, wherever you are, let me ask you this question. Where do you need God's mercy today? Where do you need his mercy? The Bible says that it's available to you. The Bible says that it's available to you today. Let me me share a couple more with you about our God. Number 12, God is gracious Wow, God is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. I just thank God that he is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. Have you ever felt guilty? That's what's so good about our God is that he's infinitely inclined to spare us. And so when we think about God's graciousness, we have to remember that. Listen to this in Psalm 145, verse eight. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. I thank you, God, that you are slow to get angry. I tell you, I'm not always like that. I get angry. Do you get angry? I just thank the God that that I have a model that teaches me how to deal with my anger. When you're under pressure, when you're feeling like everything's closing in on you today and you want to just erupt, Here's the thing. God is able to give you grace to overcome. He's able to do that. Listen to these words from Tozer again. He says, as mercy is God's goodness confronting human misery and guilt, so grace, listen, grace is his goodness directed towards human debt and demerit. It is by his grace that God, listen to this word, imputes Now hold that word. If you want to write it down, write it down. Imputes, imputes merit where none previously existed and declares that no debt to be where one had it before. So what does that mean? I know that's really fancy language. And you're probably like, well, why would you have me write down impute? Well, here's the thing. That word is a theological word. It's a real fancy theological word, but it simply means to reckon. Or, or, or let me say it like this, to put, like, put clothes on, to, to kind of put a garment on, so to speak. And so you, you get that idea in your head, you kind of have that. Uh, listen to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. This is a, an amazing verse. The Apostle Paul writes in verse 21, he says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. What's he saying? He's saying that God made Jesus to be sin for you and for me. Now, I don't know about you. When I read that, that's kind of curious. I'm like, what does that mean exactly? He goes on to say that only did he make the one who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become, listen to this, the righteousness of God. What in the world is Paul saying That's why this impute word is so important. It's not that God became a sinner. It's not that Jesus became a sinner, like in his being, it means he took it on like clothing and he took on our sin. So he took that from us and then gave us a garment of righteousness. And so we are righteous. We have been imputed righteousness by Jesus because of what he's done for us. And so now we are able to not only receive the grace of God, we are able to act in it. And that's the good news. That's the thing that you have to hear today. And I don't know if you've ever received the righteousness of God today, but you can. And all you have to do is stretch out your hand and say, God, I need you. I'm trading my sin in for your righteousness. And so I don't know where you are today and I don't know what you're dealing with and I don't even know where you were last night. But I know that you can trade in your sin today and receive a garment of righteousness that comes through Jesus. Our God is gracious. He is so gracious. Listen to this. The, number 13, God is loving. God is infinitely and unchangingly, he loves us. He loves us. Listen to this in 1 John 4, seven through eight. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, the Bible says. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God is love today. I don't know if you know that. You may think God is angry. You may think God is unjust. You may think God has no mercy in His heart whatsoever. But the Bible says that is an impossibility. That God is a God of love. And it all starts from that place. And That He is all loving. He is a Father that loves you dearly. He loved you so much that He was willing to send His Son into this world to save you, to seek you, and to make sure that you He brought you home. And I wonder... If that's your story, do you know that God loves you? Do you know that he loves you so much that he was willing to send his son? Listen to the way Tozer writes it. God's love is active, drawing us to himself. His love is personal. He doesn't love humanity in some vague sense. He loves humans. Look at that. He loves you and me. And His love for us knows no beginning and no end. I thank God that His love knows no beginning and has no end. It's unending. It never stops. It's always flowing. It's something that you can have today. I just want you to reach out and grab it. I'm so excited about that. God is love, but He also is holy. Did you know that? God is holy. Number 14, God is holy. He is infinitely and unchangingly perfect. Revelation says that the angels were all around the throne of God and, and, and they were crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Wow! So powerful to think about these angels just singing to God and saying, Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord Almighty. He's worthy of our praise. Listen to the way that Tozer writes it. I know I've been quoting Tozer. I told you to read him. He's so good. He says, Since God's first concern for the universe is its moral health, it is his holiness. Whatever is contrary to this is necessary under his eternal displeasure. (laughs) Sometimes he has a turn of phrase that I'm like, What does that mean? Listen, he clarifies a little bit. To preserve his creation, God must destroy whatever would destroy it. Did you hear that? Listen, to preserve his creation, God must destroy whatever would destroy it. He knows. God knows the suffering in this world. God knows the immorality. God knows the idolatry. God knows the brokenness and the disease and the sickness. He knows. But listen to this. He, to preserve his creation, God must destroy everything that wants to destroy it. Guys, that's good news today. That is good news. When he arises to put down iniquity and save the world from irreparable moral collapse, he is said to be angry. Our God is not angry. Listen to this. Listen. Every wrathful judgment. Let me explain wrath for a second. God's wrath is his justice acting in the moment to address the problems of this world. It is not a part of his character or his attributes. God is not angry. His wrath is strategic and it deals with the immorality and the brokenness of this world. Hear me today. Listen to this. Even wrathful judgment in the history of the world has been a holy act of preservation. The holiness of God, the wrath of God, the health of the creation are inseparable. God's wrath is his, listen to this, listen, you got to get this. God's wrath is his utter intolerance of whatever degrades and destroys. God has an intolerance the things that degrade and destroy. And right now, we have things in this world that are being degraded and destroyed. And let me remind you today that we serve a God that knows. He's listening. And he says when his people cry out, he responds. I don't always know why these things happen in our world, but I do know that God cares for his creation. And anything that is working against his creation, he is doing something about now and will do something about in the future. That's the kind of God that we worship. And so I want to end today with this last point. Now, number 15, you're like, 15? Yes, we finally got to 15. And if you missed any of them, go back and check out the the online messages that we've put out there. But listen to this, number 15. God is glorious. God is glorious. He is infinitely beautiful and great. I don't know if you know that today. I don't know if that's your experience of God, but he is infinitely beautiful. He is infinitely beautiful worthy of our praise. He is so, so great. Listen to this in Habakkuk 3, 4. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Maybe you saw the sunrise today. And as you looked at the horizon, you may have saw the sun, but you may have not thought about the one that made it. The Bible says that, that he's as brilliant as the sunrise. So as you look at the sunrise, be reminded of God's brilliance. Listen to this, rays of light flash from his hands. I, I, it makes me think a lightning come out of God's hands. Maybe when you saw the lightning last night in the storm, pfft, it was reminding you again of God's glory, where his awesome power is hidden. Rays of light flash from his hand where his awesome power is hidden. Our God is glorious. Our God is powerful. Our God is able to do everything that he said he'll do. I want to share just briefly a song with you. I'm not going to sing it, so don't worry. But I want to share something uh, that I, I've just been meditating on, on this song for the last couple of days. And, and can I just pause a moment? And I want to say... To every worship team, every worship leader, every person that's part of leading God's people in worship, thank you. Thank you. I I can't tell you how you have been a lifeline to me. When I felt like I was sinking, when I felt, felt like I was maybe going down, I was able to grab hold of some worship. And I'm just so grateful for so many talented people that God has created that are keeping God's people afloat with God's praise. And so just remember today that you gotta reach for it to be able to get lifted. But here's the thing, God is glorious. Listen to some of these words. I I was reminded of this song, God of Abraham. I'd encourage you to download it and put it on repeat in your house. Listen, listen, listen to some of these words. You are the God of righteousness. You are my defense when I have none. Do you ever feel like you have no defense? The Bible says that that God is that for us, and they just reiterate that. You are the God of matchless grace, and it is in my darkest days that you still hold on. Come on. How good is that? You have been my God, faithful through the years. Nations rise and fall. You are standing still. You will be my God. What then shall I fear is the question. I know whatever comes, you will be with me still. Be encouraged today. Where do you need to remember where God, who God is. Where do you need to remember today what he's done? Where do you need to remember today the promises that he's made to you? Because the Bible says that all of those promises, all of the attributes of God, they're true, and they're yes and amen to anybody that wants them. And so grab hold of them today. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the reminder that you are who you say you are, that you have done what you said you've done and that you will do what you say you'll do. Lord, we trust you more than we do our circumstances. And so God, I pray for anybody today that's feeling overwhelmed by their circumstances. They're feeling overwhelmed by the challenges that they're facing. Lord, would you be more than enough for them right now? Would you remind them again of how good you are how your mercies are new every morning. If that's you, just simply reach out your hand to the Lord in faith. Maybe even write something in the chat feature. Just say, I need you, God. Express that to the Lord somehow. God is on the move. As we slow down, may we remember that today. Now, I know earlier in my message, I shared a little bit about the righteousness of Jesus and the fact that the Bible says that Christ is willing to give you that. But in order to do that, you have to decide if that's something you want. The Bible says that you have to say, I want this. I want to put my faith and my trust in that reality. And when you do, you trade in your sin and you receive the righteousness of God. And that brings eternal life, that brings transformation, that brings the blessings of God in your life in ways that you can't even think or imagine. And so I wanna be able to pray with you today. And so if you're here uh, anywhere in the world right now listening to my voice, I wanna ask you is, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And if you don't, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for you right now, let's pray. God, I thank you that you are the one that give us righteousness. I pray for each person that's stretching out their hand right now. They might be clicking the button right now, raising their hand, saying, I'm in, I want that. Just repeat this prayer with me. Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Will you be my savior? Will you be my Lord? Because I need it today. Will you change me from the inside out? Will you begin to transform me so that I might Be the person I need to be in this world and for this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we want to celebrate with you. If you did make a decision, we are so proud of you today. We would love for you to indicate that in one of the chat features. Maybe just say, hey, I did it. I did it. We want to be able to send you some information to help you get started on your journey. We really are so proud of you. I do want to just for a moment talk to you about giving. Uh, As a church, uh, we've created multiple features for you to be able to do that. I want to encourage you to continue giving faithfully to all that God is doing. I want to talk to two people in particular, just for a second. The first is a group of people that maybe have lost their job. You are in a difficult uh, economic situation, and you don't know when you're coming back. I just want to say to you, as a church, however we can help, we want to try and do that. If you're a part of Elevation Church, we are going to do our best to help you in that situation. And then number two, I want to talk to the people that are still gainfully employed. You are still experiencing an increase. Or maybe you would even say that you have more than enough. Today, I just want to ask you, continue to be faithful. Matter of fact, continue to tithe. But maybe go even just a little bit beyond it and give some sacrificial offerings uh, this day to be able to continue the mission and the ministry of Elevation Church. I'm so thankful for each one of you and your generosity. I want to pray for this offering as we receive it and believe that God is going to do an amazing work through it. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this offering. I pray that you would receive it. I pray that you would do infinitely more than we can think or imagine through it. Lord, we put our trust and our faith in you. We don't look at the bank account. We look at our source, and that's you, God. And so we trust you. We ask that you would receive this. We ask that you would multiply it exponentially for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.